We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week, I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. I quickly want to thank our sponsor, Camuso Design, which is an incredible company that's revolutionizing the way that we deal with stress. They have developed a beautiful and organic way to reduce your stress and help you calm down and feel better simply by using your breath. And not only do they make you feel good, they make you look good because this design is absolutely beautiful. They have necklaces for men, women, and children, and you can get 15% off your order today if you use the code JUSTBREATHETORY10. That's JUSTBREATHETORY10 for 15% off. You can check the link in the show notes to purchase today. You guys have stumbled across a treasure trove of wisdom in this week's episode. You have come to the right place if you are asking questions like, why is it so hard to set boundaries and say no sometimes? Or why can't I figure out like if this thing that I'm trying to pursue is really for me or it's just hard in this season of life. And I'm just coming up a lot uh, against a lot of adversity and challenge. You know, these are questions that we ask a lot and they're nuanced questions that don't always have straightforward answers, but we get some clarity from this week's guest. He is America's life coach, Stefan Lovegrove, who is one of the fastest growing names in the personal development space and he's a popular TV expert. I came across Stefan a couple years ago and have been an avid fan and follower since then. And I've just kept in touch and consumed a lot of his content. I love his take on life and leadership and his background is incredible. I mean, he went through a traumatic childhood as a gay child growing up in a fundamentalist cult but he totally restarted his life. He created a business and a life of his dreams. And now he's the author of the international bestseller, How to Find Yourself, Love Yourself, and Be Yourself, The Secret Instruction Manual to Being Human. And how amazing is it that this book is titled that? Because how many of us would have loved an instru instruction manual when we were born? And like, wouldn't it be great if that could just like download into our psyches and we could know what we're doing in this life and how to navigate, but we don't, and we're stumbling through it and we're figuring it out along the way. And luckily there's people and guides uh, like Stefan to help us get there because he's lived many of these things himself and he's transparent about the things he hasn't gone through, but there's some time tested principles and universal laws that he fundamentally teaches that are true and will always be true and have always been true. And therefore they can be applied to any experience we're going through. And that's what we talk about today. He 
serves people from all over in any different industry, from household name CEOs to national TV stars. You might have seen him hanging out with the recent Bachelorette, Katie, and he's just phenomenal. So put your seatbelt on. You're definitely going to want to take some notes, take a screenshot, share some golden nuggets that you get, tweet it, tag us, because this episode is full of it. So let's get on with the episode. Stefan Lovegrove in the house. This is such an honor, genuinely, to have you on the show and to have this conversation with you. You are someone I admire, I respect. I've been um, kind of watching from afar for several years now, and um, I just love everything that you're about and that you promote. And more than anything, I think there's there is a energy about you that you carry that is felt through the screen that's felt through your writing that's felt um in ways that you don't have to be in the room and and really know you to to experience and I think that speaks volumes about somebody and I've I've Mm. felt that from the beginning of of learning about who you are and that's one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on this show so thank you and and welcome to the coachable podcast Thank you. Um, that was the most lovely thing to hear on a Monday morning, which is the timing we're recording this. Um, and I receive that. And I, you know, I, I laugh a little bit to myself because when I was starting out in business, that was definitely my intention from the very beginning is that the energy of who I was, the energy of my presence, the energy of my work would be something that people would feel and it would be a tangible thing that people could sense even digitally through a screen and um so that means a great deal to me Mm. to hear that thank you yeah absolutely and how just to jump right in i think that's a great segue how do you think somebody can make their energy or their intention of how they want to be received in the world by their their colleagues, their friends, their audience. How can we take that as an intent and and make that into a reality if there are people out there thinking, well, I want to leave people feeling good or inspired or positive. How can I make sure that that's that's felt in uh, any interaction that I, I have with somebody? How do how do we do that? Yeah. Oh, I love this question. We're diving in. Um, So I think where this all started for me is hearing Oprah, who I've always loved since I was a little kid, uh, talk about the intention that she brought to her show for 25 years when she had the number one show on television. And, you know, there's a a famous story she talks about where basically in the very, very beginning, she was doing a little bit of what we could what we could lovingly call trash TV. Mm -hmm. And she had a moment where she just looked at what was happening on her set. And she said, this is not what I want to do with television. This is not how I'm going to use media. And she pivoted and she took this principle of intention and she said, I'm not going to put an episode on the air without intention. And all those years later, reflecting on it, she talks about how she truly believes that the intention she put out there was a cause with an effect and it was felt by people and it all came back to her. And so that thought has always been in my mind. And I think There's two really practical things that I think make that happen. One of them is you have got to be a generative being that is very responsible for your own energy. And this is important when you're like a high level leader with a big team. This is important if you're just starting out and you're in year one. You cannot be at the mercy of uh, the income numbers for the day. You cannot be at the mercy of what social media is saying. You cannot be in the mercy of circumstances or the industry or headlines. Right. You have got to have an energy field that you cultivate, that you are responsible for, that you show up and prioritize every day. And I think it all begins there. And then when when it comes into the realm of business and messaging and personal brand, you have got to create content in such a way that people can feel who you are. 
And listen, I'm I'm all for good sales and marketing. You know, I'm eight years almost into my business journey and I'm still trying to get better at that stuff continually myself. But the most important thing to me with any content that I create is not that we have the perfect sales pitch or the perfect copy. The most important thing is that my energy comes across because I just learned over the years that that's what people respond to most effectively. That's what your people respond to most effectively. Yeah. And I don't, you can't fake authenticity, you know, like you can't bullshit a bullshitter. People, people pick up on that, right? Like they pick up on a facade or they pick up on, on just, just, it it might be so, uh, it might be unspoken. And most communication, as you know, is nonverbal, but, um, that's one of the things that definitely comes across obviously. And I, I love what you shared about Oprah because I, I know that story. And just to further that thought, I think she made it a requirement for anybody that brought her an idea for a project. They actually had to write out what is their intention for why they wanted to do it, what, what that was going to, um, help cultivate or progress for, for the vision of, of what they were trying to do, which I think is, um, is such a beautiful thing to implement within a team to, to create vision for why are we here? What are we trying to create? What is the purpose? Who do we serve? And what are we, what are we trying to, to ultimately do? And that requires a level of conscious thought. Talk a little bit about, um, how we can be more intentional in our day-to-day lives when a lot of us are running on autopilot, a lot of us are just trying to to survive, just trying to make it through life right now. Things are very tense in the world um, from all of the, the stuff that's happening overseas in Afghanistan to COVID to you name it. It's been a crazy couple of now going on two years. How do we cultivate more mindfulness and consciousness and intent um, and not be swept away in just survival mm-hmm. with everything that's going on. You know, the other day I asked people on Instagram, what are you feeling right now in the state of everything going on? What are you feeling? And I'm going to paraphrase to the best of my memory, but I gave people four choices and you know, a range of feelings represented in the choices. And the most common answer was, I'm feeling all of the above. I'm feeling all of those things at once. And so I just want to recognize, you know, that this is circumstantially true at the time of this recording. It's probably going to be true in future moments of of people listening to this as well, that there's a lot going on and there's probably a lot of thoughts and emotions running through all of our consciousness. And, you know, I, I particularly love that you use the word autopilot because one of the things I've been saying about how life changed for nearly all of us from March 2020 and beyond is that it knocked everybody off autopilot. And what we have done with that has been up to us. And so, you know, here's what I want to say. Um, I have never been a person that says, put your head in the sand, you know, disconnect from the the planet and just pretend that you don't see or know anything that's happening out there. Right. Because for me, and for my, just to say, because this is is not, this is bringing my, my vibration down. This is, this is making me, you know, not feel, feel as, as good as I want to feel. So I'm just going to act like it's not happening. Right. And, and here's the thing. That doesn't work on a personal level or a collective level. So if you're in a relationship and something is not going well in the relationship, turning a blind eye to it might give you a little temporary relief in that moment. But ultimately, it doesn't feel better and it certainly doesn't fix anything. The same thing is true on the collective. And so, you know, I am not the person who's going to say just completely tune out and, and put your head in the sand about everything going on anywhere. But here's what I think is really important. In the midst of whatever is going on in the world, whatever circumstances are going on in your life, 
I'm always going to take a stand for you still have the ability to consciously create. And how I view my role as a coach in this equation is my job is to help you keep consciously creating no matter what. So I, I think about my own coaching work with my own coach in 2020. There were definitely moments that I came to her and I said, I'm feeling this about the state of the world. I'm noticing this fear within me. I'm noticing this thing happening in my nervous system. All of that was real for me. But why coaching was a lifeline for me in a way it had never been before, particularly in the last 18 months is even in the midst of all the narratives and all the headlines and all the division, my support system kept bringing me back to what are you going to create right now? And I'm not saying that you creating means you're not going to feel any fear or feel any pain or, or have any reactions to what's going on. But if you keep consciously creating no matter what, you can look back on any season of your life and be grateful for what you walked away with it from. And so it's a fine balance, I think. I understand it's easier said than done. Um, but I think the, the place we want to end up is I'm willing to process and feel through anything showing up for me about everything that's going on right now. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to positivity bully myself out of you can't be afraid. You can't be stressed. You can't be overwhelmed. Yes. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to hold space for myself for all of these things. And I'm going to keep consciously creating through it all. Yeah. I love that you said that. It's not one or the other. It's it's both. And it's I'm going to hold the space to process and feel what comes forward. And I know that I'm a sovereign being that gets to choose. I get to decide and wake up as we kind of brought this this point full circle. I get to intend how do I want to show up today? What do I want to give my energy to today? What do I want to spend my time on? And and that's critical because we're going to get more of that thing, uh, right? So um, to that point, there is a lot of tension that we're all experiencing um, on some level. And for for some of us, it might be tension, that spectrum can go all the way up to traumatic for, for others, depending on on what level of stress they're, they're currently enduring. Um, talk a little bit about the process of growing in the midst of hardship and challenge, because this is actually something that even came up for me over the weekend and this morning. And it's something I've been thinking about um, was was part of this like really challenging uh conversation this weekend. And it was not something that I ever expected myself to be part of. It was very unexpected. And I wasn't really a, a key player in this, but I was witnessing it all happen. And I was definitely, uh, you know, part of it and taking on everything that was going on. And um, I showed up this morning and there were some of the people that were part of that, that were saying, hey, we need to lean into the tension because that's where the growth happens, right? We need to lean into it. And I think that there are times where that's productive and then there's times that they're not. There was, I was in a yoga, sort of a yoga class, and I was thinking about breathing into the tension and, and the the pain that was I was experiencing in the stretch. And we all oftentimes say, you know, growth is in the stretch. How can we know when are we in a situation where it's uncomfortable because it's not aligned for us it's not right for us and we're experiencing the pain of being and maybe you know not necessarily to the extent of an abusive situation but this is just not aligned or this is tension and pain and discomfort that we really need to lean into because our growth is on the other side of it you know i i can always tell that something is really juicy when it's nuanced, right? Because this is a complex discussion that I'm like, we, we really got to be careful and nuanced here with this. And, but I, I love that because I think that the truth is often in 
the nuance and in the paradox and in the complexity. And, you know, it, it may not make as zippy of sound bites, if you will, but I think it's, it's often more powerful conversations. And so when, when we talk about this kind of tension that I'm hearing you describe, um, I think a lot of it is we're really talking about conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is tension with other people, which is different than an internal tension with yourself, first and foremost, right? Yeah. So here's the thing about conflict. We definitely don't want to be avoidant of or just afraid of conflict because on the other side of conflict is often positive change, is often breakthrough, is often what we want. So we we don't want to be avoidant of conflicts. We don't want to be afraid of conflict. But at the same time, I am not a believer in conflict is good just for the sake of it, right? Like, unless we're actively making reality television and we need a conflict to keep the storyline going, conflict is not inherently beneficial just for the sake of it. And You know, I, I don't want I don't have to bring it back to intention in every single answer, but I think maybe that is emerging as a theme, uh, you know, an unexpected theme for our conversation today, because I think what it comes down to in a lot of these conversations is, is it serving me to have this conversation? Is it serving the other person for us to have this conversation? And what is it accomplishing? And Um, You know, I have a a wide background when it comes to religion and spirituality and politics and metaphysics and personal growth and all of these things. And so many times over the years, you can imagine I've been in settings where people were pushing for like, let's really have a debate. Let's lean into this. Let's hash it out some more. And, And I think what I have to come back to is two things. Number one. What is really, to use a couple buzzwords, but important buzzwords, what is really authentic and in alignment for me here? And there have been many moments over the years where I've come to the conclusion, this is not a battle I'm called to fight. This is not a conversation I'm interested in having. Um, many times over the years, I've had to tell people privately who wanted me to post about this, weigh in on this, share this. And I've had to tell people that is not something I personally feel called to make a part of my platform and my message. So number one, you've got to honor yourself. Is it authentic to me? Does my soul want to sit here and have this conversation, even if it's uncomfortable? Or is the authentic thing for me to have a boundary and and be unavailable for that? Um, and I, I think that's a big piece of it. I think the other thing is, what is our end goal? What is the, the, the goal outcome at the end of the day? Because for me, in any season, I am not most invested in winning an argument. I am not most invested in being right. I am not most invested in other people changing. My ultimate top priority is that I live my destiny, that I was the person I was supposed to be and that I created what I came here to create. That is my priority. So filtered through that lens. Does it serve me? And listen, I've had my moments as we all have, but does it really serve that purpose for me to be in this argument in the comments? And we really have to be honest with ourselves about that. Yeah. And I do. I think it takes a level of of self-awareness and honesty with ourselves about why am I engaging in this? Is it to be right? Is it to win? Is it to get? Yeah. For to change somebody else or to get them to side with me? Or is it for the highest good of all and and right maybe it's just for the highest good of of what's best for me and my destiny and my life and what what I need and and honoring what what our need is in that in that moment and I totally agree with you um that it's it's okay to say no And for so many people that's a hard lesson to learn why do you think saying no is so hard for so many of us to, to say like, Hey, that's not something I'm willing to engage in or no, that's not something I want to promote or just setting that clear boundary with somebody. 
Okay. Um, my my brain is swirling with thoughts for this, so I'm just slowing down and, and leaning in and being really present here. Um, so on on the no piece of it, um, when we're on the receiving end and we feel like we can't say no to participating, um, I think a lot of times where it gets so intense is we identify with our thoughts and beliefs. And so we feel like if our if there's a clash there, if there's a misunderstanding there, if our thoughts and beliefs are under attack, we go into a defensiveness as if we must defend ourselves. And one of my favorite spiritual texts says, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. And so I think a lot of it is, yes, our thoughts and beliefs are very important. I'm certainly going to say that as a coach. And, and I truly believe our thoughts and, and beliefs create our life largely. But you are also the awareness and the, the presence and the creator behind all of your thoughts and beliefs. And so I think that's crucial to remember when we feel like we can't help but take it so personally, right? Yeah. I think the other dynamic I'm seeing here is with any circumstance, with anything happening in our reality, acceptance is always going to bring us into our power. Resistance is always going to make us feel powerless. Uh, you know, Eckhart Tolle uses the famous example of if you end up on the side of the road with a flat tire, you have two options. Even though nobody wants that to happen, when you find yourself there, you can accept that moment as if you had chosen it and go from there. Or you can be in major resistance to that moment. And, and one of those paths is going to go a lot better than the other. And so... For me, I think a lot of what we're seeing right now is people feeling that they need someone or something out there to be different, whether that is their neighbor's opinions, whether that is, you know, what other countries are doing, what their local, state, national government is doing, what people are saying on Facebook, what leaders are promoting, what what sources people are listening to. There's a lot of energy out there right now that I need you all to be different. Mm -hmm. And what's what's tricky about this is there's a way to say that and disguise it to your brain so that you feel like it's very empowering for you to fight for that. The difficulty is when we on an individual level are waiting for someone or something else to be different in order for us to thrive, in order for us to live in freedom, in order for us to be okay. That's inherently a powerless place. And, you know, just to give a, a very personal example, I feel like I learned this a decade ago when I realized my father was having a very hard time accepting and embracing and celebrating me as a gay man. And I had a lot of well-intentioned friends who would try to comfort me by saying, he's going to come around. He's going to change his mind. Just give it time. And even though I know they were saying that out of love, I know they were saying that out of good intentions. It put me in a powerless place for a while where I was waiting for someone else to be different before I could be happy and thriving and fulfilled. And I know that that didn't get me anywhere good. And so I'm just very passionate about whether we're talking about a current events world situation or anything else. The minute that you end up in a place where you need someone or something else to change before you can move forward, that is a pattern we want to get out of. So powerful because you just described what happens when we say, you know, it shouldn't be this way which I've said so many times, you know, in my life. As we all have. <laughs> and that was also the, the trigger to help me see my attachment to this idealized way I thought my life was going to go. And I think there's like this grieving process that has to happen where we recognize like, how many times does life play out exactly as we think it's supposed to, you know, like, or as it sh should quote unquote in the way we think it should be. And if our freedom, if our happiness, if our fulfillment, it, 
is dependent on our circumstance, then we will always be at, uh, we will always risk that, that changing, you know, because we can't, there's so many things we can't control. So if I'm constantly trying to perfect my circumstance because that's how I feel good, then as soon as something like COVID hits, you know what I mean? Your, your happiness goes out the window because that wasn't in, in the cards. And so learning how to cultivate acceptance to your point, I think is a process. It's, it's definitely one that I had to see the results of being in resistance and how that, that played out, recognizing that that's not what I want, that that actually doesn't get me more of what I want. Just fighting this or resisting it or thinking something shouldn't be this way doesn't make me actually feel any better. (laughs) So I had to see that before I could realize acceptance an allowance, allowing it to just be what it is, is actually the way to, to find peace within the moment. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting, you asked earlier about growing through challenging times. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things I feel more confident about reflecting on these last couple of years here is that what works always works no matter the circumstance doesn't mean it won't look different from season to season but what works always works what what is true continues to be true what was true then continues to be true now and so i think you know in a challenging circumstance the mistake that a lot of people make is they throw everything out the window that they know right whether that's the the goals or the routines or the practices everything that was working they throw it out the window and they they go i need to just adjust everything because i'm in a, a challenging moment now and the actual truth is well it may be a more challenging moment you really need to dig into what works you really need to dig into the core of who you are in those moments and so we're we're talking about a principle that is always true. It just needs to be extra on the forefront of our awareness. I think when we do go through something challenging. Yeah. I think adversity is such a a sharpener of our character and like really our commitment to that goal or that, that, that vision that we're trying to create for ourselves. And there's something that I see in my, my clients at times and just, in my friends and in community in general, that we have this idea that if it's hard, it must not be for us. Right. It's like, Oh, what was working? This relationship was working, but now I'm, we're going through a challenge or we're going through an adversity. And so, Oh, this means this is not the relationship for me or, Oh, coaching. I'm just never going to be successful really, because that was just a fluke. And now this is really what it, you know, this challenge is showing me I'm not made for this. And it's in those times so many people give up because they're like, oh, if it's hard, it means it must mean I'm out of alignment or it's not coming with ease. And and what do you say to those people that might find themselves, whether that's in their business and their relationships, you know, going towards any goal, whether it's health, um, because there's oftentimes at the beginning, as you know, when we get committed to a goal, there's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm to move in that direction. And then we hit resistance and something happens. We're like, oh, this is kind of hard. And we have to, it's the level of commitment and consistency that helps us to move through that. But what do you say to people who are in a challenging moment and feeling like, how do I know if this hard thing means it's not for me or that I need to double down on the principles and the practices that I know work. This is such a big discussion because of how many people in our industry have heard these paradigms and they're, they're living rent free in people's brains and we don't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. And Here, again, a nuanced answer here, right? Because here's where it's tricky. I believe in ease. I believe Mm -hmm. in flow. I believe in alignment. I also see how those concepts have been misunderstood and misused and how people are 
holding themselves back and not living their purpose and hiding behind some of these flowery spiritual words. So here's what I think largely happens in our industry and how it got distorted. There was an ethic, especially in the spiritual entrepreneur community, the female entrepreneur community, the coaching community, that there was this idea being spread that I'm very, very grateful for, that we don't need to glorify something being hard. Mm-hmm. We don't need to glorify people being exhausted, people working 60, 80 hour weeks, people struggling, people burning out. There was a correction that a lot of people saw needed to happen that we shouldn't be glorifying hard and you shouldn't feel like it must be hard for you to be deserving of success or that you haven't worked hard enough. You haven't struggled and suffered enough so you don't deserve success. And so people rightfully wanted to correct that. But I think what happened is this message of set things up in such a way for it to be as easy as possible, which is a principle that I do believe in in business, that turned into, if I don't feel like it's easy, I'm going to quit. I'm going to say it's not for me. I'm going to come up with a story and, and run away. And that is, I think, a tragedy. You know, I can think of examples right now of people I've seen over the years where they clearly were going after something they really wanted, but it was uncomfortable. And really, this is a distinction. I never am going to support we want something to be hard. Like, it's not a goal for anything to be hard. I think a lot of times, though, what we run into is the newness of something the uncomfortability of something or the persistence required for something. And and those are specific kinds of hard where I really want people to look because I've seen people give up and I, I cringe when I hear it. I've even seen people say, well, you know, my coach told me the path of least resistance. And so I'm running into something and we need to have a better conversation as leaders where we help people feel the difference between resistance because something is out of integrity or out of alignment for you versus resistance because it's new resistance because it's uncomfortable resistance because you haven't seen a result yet those are very different things yes this distinction is so big and i'm so glad you went here with this answer because it needs to be said and the i had to do some reprogramming of these beliefs myself around, you know, I thought being a responsible adult meant you had to work really hard and you had to have a lot, like have multiple jobs in order to make the money you want to make. And I had to consciously, you know, unlearn that. And the difference is there's all different types and shades of hard. And you've probably heard this and I know people listening probably have as, as well, but it was like, it's hard to be broke. It's hard to be, you know, rich. Choose your heart. It's hard to be overweight. It's hard to be fit. Choose your heart. It's hard to be whatever. Like it's it's hard to be like go through a spiritual awakening. It's hard to look at your own st- internal stuff. It's hard to sit with the uncomfortable emotions. Doesn't it's it's hard. It, it might be uncomfortable, but you know, if we label it all as hardship equals not an integrity or hardship equals not an alignment, then you're right. There are people that are, um, you know, quitting and giving up on things that, that might actually be for them. Um, and sometimes that, that hard is, um, requiring another level of commitment or persistence or dedication to something that you've just never had before. And that's something personally, like I'm going through is, is, as we continue to up-level our lives, it's often said, you know, what got you here won't take you there, right? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. But you also said what what's true will always be true and what works will always continue to work. So um, where I think I'm going with that is 
sometimes my goals, like my goals today are requiring another level of discipline, another level of, uh, intention of uh, conscious awareness around how I'm choosing to show up in my, with my energy than I've ever had before. Um, and I'm not late. I'm labeling that as a different type of hard than some of the others that we've talked about. What's been your experience, um, as you continue to, to grow and evolve as a coach, as a leader, uh, how do we get to that next level uh, as we as we pursue the goals and the things that that we aspire to to create? So here's where I want to start. A lot of this is a, is a discussion about process, and it's funny because your traditional entrepreneur, especially like a brick and mortar entrepreneur, they understand process. You know, you can't open a pizza restaurant and not understand process. What's tricky is the online world and the marketing language of it is often designed to remove process from the equation in people's mind. Right. And so we hear these things about like, you know, and I'm all for quantum leaps. I support them. I see my clients experience them all the time. But we hear so many narratives of, I had this large of a cash day. It changed this fast. I made my investment back this quickly. We hear so many storylines where process is removed that I think a lot of coaches, a lot of business owners have internalized process. I just want to skip it. Yes. And... And the sad thing about that is there are certain results you can get without process. But a lot of times, here's a good example. Can you really end up with the love of your life that becomes your spouse that you want to spend the rest of your time in this human experience with? Can you really end up with that without a process? Absolutely not. And so there's a lot of people, and my, my coach jokingly said this one time, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who want to find the one, but they don't want to go on a first date. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a clearer example than people want the result while completely rejecting the process. So what I would challenge everybody listening to this with is, number one, make sure you're in the right process for what you want. That's number one. Like, are we even clear on the vision, moving in that direction and knowing that we're on the right path where if I stay on, it's like getting on the right freeway, right? Mm -hmm. If I stay on this road, am I getting to my destination? That's the first thing we have to figure out. Then prioritize having the support in place. If that is the right road, the support that keeps you on the road and not turning around, getting a flat tire and getting stalled, getting distracted and pulling off on a random exit, support that keeps you in the process. And when it comes to this next level thing, here's what I would say. The principles remain the same, even though the strategy might change. And honestly, I mean, I would use my own work as an example of this. I've had clients who have been with me for four or five years now. And the way they show up in the world, the way they show up in their career, their business, the strategies they use, you better believe it doesn't look the same this year Mm -hmm. as it did five years ago. But why is the work we do still relevant? Because the principles, the the process of creating your reality from the inside out, the inner work that is always relevant, that continues to work. And so I think that's the distinction there is you may have to pivot some of the how. And even then you can sense I, I have a caveat there of it's still going to be the core of who you are that works. One of the big mistakes I think people make is they get to a next level or they want to go to a next level and, and they almost like throw out everything they know 
or everything they should have learned about what is their best stuff. And they assume it's going to have to look so different to go to the next level. And sometimes it backfires because we, we lose the core of what was the value to begin with. So to an extent, you might have to pivot the how, but who you are is still the key and the principles remain the same. I believe at every level. Yeah. And if you don't know your why, you will always struggle to figure out the how. (laughs) That's been my experience, too, which goes back to your first point about you have to have the clear vision and know you're on the road because this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is where I'm headed. And um, there might be people listening that just haven't figured out their why yet. And that might be why they're struggling with with the the process piece, because there's a million processes out there. It just depends on where you want to go, which one you need to be, you know, in the process of. And um, the other thing you said about those of us who've ever experienced the the kind of imposter syndrome of if I'm not getting the immediate results that kind of removes the process from the equation, then it's wrong or then I did it wrong <laughs> or and there's that judgment that comes in. It's, oh, this works for everybody else, but it didn't work for me. And so maybe you know, we start to create a narrative and a story about that. Why? And um, that that can take you down this this road of disqualifying yourself or talking yourself out of something really, really quickly. Um, and and I think it's a trap that if we're not aware of and and committed to, you know, when I think about the coachable podcast and, and just coachable in general, I grew up playing a lot of sports, you know, and, and I grew up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where we are the number one like typically the best or in the the top ranks of of football college football we won three out of the national uh, four national championships when i was in school and i think about how they practice and how they prepare and they it's not just something that they do at the beginning of the season like they're preparing all year long on every level and it's it's you know something i say is greatness is never out of season. Like you can't be riding the wave of last, the last thing you did because it will require you to recommit again this season and this year of your life. And, um, and sometimes we think, oh, because I made one commitment, I can just continue to ride that wave forever. And a lot of times it, life or business or whatever requires you to double down at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of that next, next thing that you're, you're pursuing. And I think part of riding the wave is also letting your why look or sound different in the different seasons of your life. I think one, you know, it's funny. I have a client who, when he came to me, was doing a decent number, five figure months, but really wanted to grow, wanted to scale, came to me feeling like there was an internal ceiling, which there was. Um, and he's grown so much since then. So now he's moving towards being an eight figure CEO whole again, principles are still the same, Mm -hmm. though the specifics look different, but it's funny because we were messaging the other day and he said to me, I had a moment where I heard my brain say, and you know, I know, you know, this and, and almost everyone listening probably knows this, but The ability to just observe your thoughts is so key. However you do that, there's many, many ways to pay attention and be the observer, but it's so key. And so I I commend this client for catching this, but he said, "I, I heard the thought go through my brain the other day. What am I even doing all of this for? And I said, let's slow down and really have a conversation here because the truth is, When you started your business, your relationship status looked different. Your lifestyle looked different. You may have been in a different place. You may have been in a different set of circumstances. You may have been literally everything about your life was different back then because this life has changed so much in such a short amount of time, which we know is very possible with coaching. And so I said to him, this would be a great moment to really sit with. What am I doing this for right now? And I think part of the the thing that makes people plateau in online businesses 
Originally, they just wanted to replace an income. They just wanted to leave a job. They just wanted to get out of financial stress. They just wanted to help people. Well, let's use the last example. What if you got into it to help people, but now you're doing it and that's been normalized and no matter what, you're consistently helping people. Where do you go next? Because even then, the why is going to have to evolve. And so I do think that's a really key piece of this equation is not taking the why for granted or getting complacent with our vision, but really, what am I focused on right now? What do I want right now? What am I creating right now? Staying present with that in the moment. Mm, That's key. How often do you think we should be reassessing our why and asking ourselves that question. Is that something we should do like once a year, twice a year, quarterly? Like, do you have anything that you do, like a ritual or something just to help you kind of cast that vision or make sure that you are still moving in the direction you want to that is towards the goal that is really the thing that you're most most like meaningful or most exciting for you um and revisit hey maybe do i need to upgrade my why or let it let it evolve a little bit is that something we should do and if so how often do you think so a i think the good news is if you're open to hearing the whispers when something changes within you your your body, your gut, your intuition will let you know. Even if it's just a whisper that you have to pay attention to, you will feel a slight interruption letting you know that something is off and you may need to pivot. So I would say first and foremost, look for that and and listen for that when it happens. Um, But I also think like I very much structure my coaching in such a way, my, my own coach works this way where Whether you look at it from year to year, quarter to quarter, whether you check in at January, whether like there's not one objective right answer, but I believe in have some checkpoints. Maybe it's every year at your birthday, you really assess what is important to me over the next 365 days. And and you check in with yourself. Um, I think that the biggest thing, the most important thing is that you are setting that for yourself and not letting it be set by the outside world in. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of the entrepreneurs who would be most proud of, I don't let the news set my narrative also let the industry set their narrative for what you should want and what is your why and what are your goals. And often what I find with clients is people don't catch that until they've gone after the wrong goal and they wake up one day and they realize I'm living somebody else's ideal and this doesn't even feel good to me. So I think it's a lot of assessing along the way and really being honest with yourself around this doesn't light me up anymore. I don't care about this anymore. Just letting yourself have the truth, even if there's a part of you that is so scared, it's going to ruin your business. If you just admit this, letting yourself have the truth anyway. Yeah. So, so good. And we're at that like six month, we're halfway through this year. So maybe, maybe guys, if this is something you did at the beginning of the year and you're feeling, you know, compelled to, maybe this is a great time to check in on your goals and the things that you committed to, you know, uh, Stefan, one of the things you keep talking about is, um, you know, you reference your coach and I love the fact that, that you have a coach that you're dedicated to the process. Um, because I, to subscribe to that. I will always have a coach. Um, talk to me about the, um, the benefits that you've experienced, not just of being a coach, but having what's the real value in that and continuing to invest in it. And how does someone, what are the qualities of a good coach that you look for, uh, when you consider, uh, hiring somebody or being mentored by somebody because 
as you know, it's a diluted space. There's a lot of people out there that are, are coaches. And uh, I say like just the same way doctors are not all cut from the same cloth. Therapists aren't all cut from the same cloth. Neither are coaches. And so sometimes people get a little confused and loop us all into one bucket and think we're all kind of the same. What are the things that you look for and uh, are key uh differentiators or things that would identify a good coach if someone were were looking for one yeah okay so my experience with coaching overall is that coaching has kept me in the energy of what i want long enough to create it Mm. Um, it's often hard to persist in the energy and the the identity of something new by yourself. Coaching has helped me stay grounded, stay in the right frequency, stay in the energy of what I want. And coaching has helped me move through anything and everything that's come up along the way mm-hmm. of going after what I want. Um, I think one of my my favorite things to say, though, it's I guess it's a potentially depressing reality, but I always say the most expensive thing in the world is what you're not seeing, because that has proven true for me in business. I have wasted time, wasted money, wasted opportunities because there was something I couldn't see. And in the moments where I didn't have a good support there to help me navigate something, um, I've dropped the ball. And that's not something that I live in regret about. You know, I forgive myself for any of that, but I've learned the lesson as well that I don't want to needlessly be delayed. I don't want to needlessly suffer. I don't want to needlessly make a mistake that I could have avoided. And so to me, it's, it's an invaluable thing to have third party support there that can always, always, always bring you back to the truth and always, always, always help you shift. Um, here, this may be a funny way to say it, but for anyone looking for a coach, I would say you want to look for the right fit, as odd as this may sound, closer to the way you would look for a date or a dating partner than a doctor or a doctor's office. And what I mean by that is, There are a lot of junk coaches out there and coaching is not something that I would say like any, any coach you can find, you know, go for it. Just find a coach. Right. Um, And not that I would say go to any doctor, but my point is that is not the way that I would go about it. And I would not tell people to just go find any coach and hire them. You really want to look for someone that is speaking to you, Mm -hmm. someone that you feel in your gut. They have something that I need for where I'm trying to go next. And like when I go through my client applications over the years, so often what I hear from people is, I just felt very clearly that I was supposed to work with you right now. I was looking for my next coach and I felt so clearly that it needs to be you. I feel that there's some specific work I'm supposed to do with you. You want to look for someone that you really feel a resonance with. And I think the the biggest couple of things I value and would say to look for in a coach is you want someone, whatever belief system, whatever spiritual texts, whatever modalities they work with. You want someone that is grounded in capital T truth that can bring you back to that, to law and principle that when you are going through it and when the rubber meets the road, they're grounded in something that they can bring you back to the truth. Um, I think that's huge. I also think you want someone that can look at things from the perspective and everybody listening to this is going to be at different levels of woo and that's okay. But you want somebody that can look at the subconscious, the energy, the patterns. In other words, there's a misunderstanding of coaching. A lot of people have that it's a a coach, especially like a business coach is just going to tell you what to do, or is just going to tell you what they've done, teach you their strategies. 
That is not true coaching as I understand it at the highest form. You want somebody that can hold space for you to process and to shift anything. And even if, you know, I've had so many clients go through situations where I haven't been through that thing. I have clients who are decades older than me. I have clients who are in completely different industries. I've had clients who have gone through things legally, medically, financially, business-wise, all sorts of things. And many of those experiences I haven't been through. But the the way I know to coach and the principles that I use and the way that I can look at the energy, look at the consciousness, figure out what's going on and know how to shift it, that works across the board. And so that's, I think, the thing you want to look for is not just can this person teach me a list of information, but does this person know how to hold space for me in my highest highs and the mess? And can they help me shift whatever is going on? Yeah, it's the non-tangibles, right? It's like, because we all live in the era of of Google and the internet, and we're all one internet search away from having a list of things we could do if we would just implement them. You know, you don't even have to go hire a coach to get that. Go get on YouTube or something, you know? And it's, I agree with you. It's the intangible ability to just hold space for somebody to be in a process to almost be the guide that points them back to the answers that they already had that they didn't know that they had um instead of making it about the coach i think a lot of times where it's the coach is like oh i have all the answers no you have the answers and we're going to remove anything that's in the way that's blocking you from like hearing that and knowing that within yourself. And uh, I love that. Um, this has been such a, a powerful conversation. What, uh, if anything, do you want to leave with people who have either been going through tension are in a season of, of adversity or challenge? Um, maybe they're faced with a decision and they don't know which one to do. Like what's just something that you would say to, to leave with people, um, going forward, um, that they can, they can implement or hold on to as something to remember. Yeah. I think I would leave people with the thought that everything you need really is inside of you. And so if it is ideas, vision, desires that you feel lacking or disconnected from, um, I promise you, you, you can still get back to that and it will come from within. If you are stuck and you're needing a breakthrough, I promise you can have a breakthrough and it's going to happen from within. Um, if you are feeling overwhelmed and you you just fallen into the reactive outside in powerlessness that it's so easy to drift back into when we're not conscious I want to remind you, you still have the power, you still have the presence, you still have the the mind and the heart and the intention and everything you need within you to be a generative being and create your life. Um, So know that you have what you need inside of you. And I believe in you. Mm -hmm. And I always will. I love that. How do people stay connected with you if if they love what they've heard, which I'm sure that they have? How can they get more of you? Yeah, well, uh, my Instagram is still, I think, my favorite way to connect. So my handle is Dr. Lovegrove, D-R-L-O-V-E-G-R-O-V-E. And specifically, if people want more, here's my invitation for your Coachable Podcast people. Um, So I have a free masterclass that I did for my personal development uh, you know, fans and coaches out there who have done a lot, a lot, a lot of work on themselves already, but who are always trying to go to the next level. And maybe there are some questions or some fears coming up or some places they feel stuck with what they're currently trying to manifest and work on and create. So 
This masterclass is the very first link on my Instagram bio. It is completely free. And I really have heard from a lot of people. I can't guarantee because I don't know who anyone's learned from and, and what you've heard before. But lots and lots of people tell me it's it's principles and material and a consciousness they haven't heard anywhere else in the industry. And so it's provided a lot of life-changing, business-changing perspective shifts for people. So if you want more, dive into that. I would love for you to take advantage of that and feel free to say hi anytime on Instagram. Yeah, you guys go get it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your wisdom and pouring it out so so graciously. I appreciate you and uh, thank you so much. You guys, you know what to do. If you loved this episode and you got value from it, go share it, tag us uh, on Instagram. Let us know what you took away. We would love to connect with you and hear what's hitting home and how you're implementing it in your life. That's what it means to be coachable, to be willing to learn and taught how to do something better. And that's what we're all here to do just to get 1% better. Am I better today than I was yesterday? Ask yourself that question today. I bet you won't say no two days in a row. I love you. I'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast. You guys, if you love this show, do me a favor. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel called, leave a review. I would love to hear how the show is impacting you. But not only that, be a hero to somebody and share it with somebody in your life that needs to hear it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.